gentlemen, welcome to the AUTWG Arena brought to you by Equipus Church on the 6th day of June 2021. The moment you've all been waiting for has arrived. The annual Queen's Birthday Royal Rumble is about to get underway so with thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. Let's get ready to rumble. She hails all the way from Hanukkah Makoto, Oceanoa. Give it up for Ruby Roundhouse Month. Next up, fighting out of the left corner. He'll teach you how to duggy. It's Caleb, the ferocious Falelolo. What she lacks in height, she makes up for in strength. It's Pollyanna Pistol Whip Huirua. Last but certainly not least, he creates fun doing the serious work of God. It's your boy, Josh Ain't No Child Play Christensen. Hi, everyone. Hi. Um, it is a panel tonight. And I'm just going to be speaking. If you don't know me, my name is Ruby. I'm 17 years old. I go to St. Kent's and I represent Fiery Top. Wow. Maybe I don't with that reaction. <laughs> but yeah, so I go to Fiery. So I'm in my last year of high school. And what we're speaking on tonight is God's house, our house. And the first thing that came to my head when I thought of God's house, our house, was this word stewardship. And one thing I feel like we disregard or goes over our head because we think of stewardship and money is people. Because what stewardship actually means is to look after. And I believe that each and every single one of us has been trusted with an environment. With every single person we're with, we have to steward um, God's call. And so one place that I was given to and entrusted with is my school. And so in year nine, can we bring up the photo, please? It's not the greatest photo. <laughs> oh, glow up. Um, so that's me in year nine. I first applied for St. Kent's and I didn't get in. And then all this stuff happened and I ended up getting in. But before I found out I got in, me and my dad said a prayer and it was, God, please choose the right school for Ruby, not for her sisters, not for me, not for anyone, but for her so she can do your will. And so I ended up getting in, so I was like, okay, God, I'm gonna trust you with this. This is your school, your will, I'm gonna do it. And so my leader, Benji, he's in America now, but he encouraged me to do this thing called by the gate. What by the gate is, is when you pray by your gate and you believe for bigger, because we believe that prayer can change any circumstance. So we started praying. I was with my leader, Jazz, and she took this photo. This was our first ever time. I was year nine. This was the first week, the first day. I schooled 2,200 people, and I knew two people. And so I did it. The week after, I prayed for more people, and it was just me. And then it was just me. And then the next week, it was just me. And then it was just me. And then I decided to give up. Then year 10 happened. Um, my friends Hayden, Zayd, and Connor, they ended up coming to the school. And I was like, yo, this is going to be great. I've got three people with me now. Let's do it again. So I started again. And we prayed. And then morning trainings happened. People got busy. Life happened. And it was just me again. Praying again. I did it for a couple weeks. But then I stopped it because I, I lost the heart. 
I, f- I feel like when you do something for so long and you're not seeing change, you forget the value of what it truly was in the beginning. In year nine, I had the heart for it, but as I kept going, I lost it because I forgot the value of what people are. And so then year 11 happens, and I, I was at this conference called Shout. Who's been to Shout? Shout's great. If you haven't been there, you need to get there. And so I was at this conference called Shout, and it was on the last night I was at the altar, and I wept. It was the ugliest cry I've ever done, but I was at the altar crying, and I started seeing faces. And it wasn't just one face, it was hundreds of faces that kept going and going and going and going and going. And I was confused, but Jesus said to me, these are my people. God's house, our house, God's people. Wherever God's people are is his house. Stewardship to look after. I was trusted with my school. Look after it. Be a good steward. And so I had this idea at the start because we got told off for doing by the gate. And we started to do this thing called by the chapel. Because we couldn't do it by the gate because we got told off. So I decided to do it. And the closest thing is a chapel because we have a chapel. And so I think for the first year, it was year 12 and end of year 11, there was about four of us. And it kept being four for a very long time. And then we just kept going and got consistency. And the people in my group got the same heart for people as me. And then can we bring up the next photo? Yes, and that's, oh, that's a terrible photo, but there's 36 there. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Stewardship, to look after. I don't believe it's just for high schoolers, just for youth. I believe in your workplace and anywhere you are, stewardship. And every environment that you're in, don't ever take it for granted because God's put you there for a purpose and a reason. In your work, yes, do your job, but do His will. His will says, go make disciples of all nations. Wherever you go, go make disciples of all nations. When you're at the bus stop, when you're doing your job, wherever you are, go make disciples of all nations. God's house is wherever God's people are. So everywhere you go, spread the love of God, spread God's house because it's His people and His will. And I found when you do this, you see results like that. It, might, it may take a while, it may take a few no's, but it's not your responsibility for people to say yes to God, but it is your responsibility to be the light. Again, it's not your responsibility for someone saying yes to coming to youth, yes to coming to church, but it's your responsibility to be the difference of what your life is to theirs because they don't know Jesus. Be the testimony, be the testimony in your school, in your workplace of God's love. God's house, our house, stewardship. And so that's all I have for tonight, and I'm going to hand it over to Caleb Faliolo. So can we give a round of applause for Caleb? If you Um. Talofa, Iloingo, or Caleb, um, happy Samoan Language Week. Um, greetings, my name is Caleb, um, and today I have the privilege of sharing around this theme that we've been talking about, um, our house, God's house. Um, and I think for me, um, it's been really cool. The thing that God's highlighted to me throughout this series uh, has been the fact that I have an important part to play in this church. Um, not just in this church, but in the body of God, wherever we are, uh, I, have a, I have something to do. I have a part to play. 
Um, and yo, let's get straight into it. I'm going to chuck up the verse, if you can chuck the verse up on the screen. Um, 1 Corinthians 12, 15 to 18. Um, just follow along, I'm going to read it. If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I am not a hand, that does not make it any other less part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not a part of the body because I am not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? If your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. Everyone say, just where he wants it. Today, I want to um, share two facts about the body, two facts about our bodies. I know it can be a little bit weird, but we're going to talk about bodies tonight, all right? The first aspect um, about the body is that um, the body reveals just one person. Everything that you know about me, everything you know about Caleb is revealed to you through my body. Uh, you don't know anything about me that isn't revealed to you through my body. If I say I just uh, I smile and I stand here and I wave, um, you might think, oh, Caleb's a nice guy. Uh, he's smiling, he's waving. But that's because my wrist, um, my elbow, my shoulder, and my facial expression all connected together indicates that I'm happy. Or let's just say, um, let's just say I'm here with my shoulders down, not looking at any of you guys. You probably think to yourselves, oh, he's probably having a bad day. He's probably a little bit hangry, didn't eat today. Um, but that indicates to you that I'm sad because of my body. And I don't tell you this to... Um, give you an uh, anatomy lesson. This is, I'm not Mato Caleb at the moment. Um, <clears throat> but I tell you this because it relates directly to the body. Just as it's my responsibility to show everyone else uh, who I am through my body, um, I believe that we all have a responsibility as a church, as a body, to reveal who God is to the world. Um, when I was, um, I'll, I'll tell a quick story from when I was um, in high school. I went to Max. You don't go Max here? Yo. My friend Trent at the back, I can see you. Put your hand up. Um, but yeah, I went to Mags, probably um, the better grammar school out of all the grammar schools in Auckland. Sorry, Sam. Um, but I think one thing, I, one thing, uh, one thing people uh, know about Mags is that um, they're really strict with their uniform. So for the boys, um, you'd have to have your socks all the way up, like to your knees. Um, you've had garters so they don't fall over if you're running around. Um, that's how strict it was. You had to tuck in your shirt at all times. Uh, if it wasn't tucked in, uh, a teacher would scream across the court and say, tuck your shirt in or pull your socks up. Uh, we couldn't have the third button up because apparently it looked too gangster. Uh, we couldn't have our jumper wrapped around our waist. There were so many rules, but um, the thing, uh, well, if you know where Mags is, it's only like five minutes away from the St. Luke's Mall. Um, and I guess every Friday, uh, me and my friends would save our lunch money up and we'd go over to St. Luke's because uh, we wanted to buy some Maccas. Um, and back then, uh, triple cheeseburger combo was only seven bucks, so a lot of bang for your buck right there. Um, very cheap, that's like a meal and a half for only seven dollars. Um, but uh, the thing is with Mags is that um, they would place staff at the different entrances around the mall. Um, and it was, yeah, it was pretty strict there, eh? it was pretty strict. Um, they would reinforce um, this idea at the end of the day before that bell went, make sure when you go home you don't do anything stupid because you're in the Mags uniform. And if you, uh, like, you know, you guys know how it goes, right? They say if, you're, if you get seen in the mag uniform doing something silly, it's a representation of the school. Um, and so uh, I remember one time in particular, me and my friends, um, they said, okay, Caleb, we're going to go scope out what entrances the teachers are at so we can go through the other entrance, okay? And I said, ah, yeah, sweet. So I go in and I see that the teachers are at the farmer's entrance. Okay, go through the countdown entrance. Then you can go to the food court. Then we can have our Maccas. And so we all get in having our Maccas. And a teacher comes and tells us, all right, 
have your, have your lunch or have, have your food and, and go home. Um, and the reason why was because, well, if you got caught at St. Luke's uh, with a uniform on, they'd say, all you need to do is go home, take your uniform off, and then come back without your uniform. Come in mufti, because if you do something silly, that's on you. That's not on mags. And I was like, oh, okay, see this? Well, we didn't do it, but anyways, we got caught. We had a good feed. That was, that was the main point. Um, but I tell you the story because that's kind of like, um, like us in the body. We're a representation of God, but for us, we didn't, we didn't wear a uniform. We didn't get to take a uniform off. Um, for us, the reality is, is that we're always on. People are always watching. People are always hearing for what we have to say. People are always looking at what we're posting online. Um, and so everything that we do, everything that we say, uh, how we treat people is being watched. Um, and to be honest, um, I know for some people that might be like, oh, it's a great opportunity for me to be the light in the world. Um, but for others, that could be quite scary, um, knowing that what you say, um, what you do, how you treat people um, either positively reveals Jesus to the world or negatively reveals Jesus to the world. Um, and that can be scary sometimes. Even for me, i got to make sure that, you know, I know who's watching and I know who's listening. <laughs> um, but yeah, my second point that I want to share about uh, body, a body is that, um, let me just get it to you. The second aspect is that there are many parts, yet there is one purpose. There are many parts, but there is one purpose. Let's go back to the verse. Um, I'll just read it from my one. I got here. Follow along. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. Here, I think Paul is talking about we all have a gift. A gift that you have, and if you don't use it, who's going to use it? Um, God has made us with a specific gift, with a specific assignment that's tied not only to your plan, um, but the plan of your family, the plan of your friends. Like Ruby was saying, even the plan of your school or your workplace. Um, and that means that God doesn't actually need another Caleb. God doesn't need another Ruby. God doesn't need another Josh or Polly. Um, God needs you to be you. God needs you to, to be the person that God's made you to be. And that's why it's so important when you're running your race not to look left, look to, to look right and see what everyone else is doing, but to focus on what God has given you. Run off what is in your hand. Um, so yeah, turn to the person next to you and say, you have value. So God, God places each part of the body the way he wants it. And so if the creator of the universe made one of me, I'm confident that there's a reason why I'm here. And it must be important. Um, sometimes I think we can fall into the trap of thinking that because I'm not seen, then maybe I'm not valued. Because um, people don't see me, that I must not have a value or I must not even make a difference. Um, but I think that is a complete lie. Um, if you think about the illustration I used in the beginning, my smile wouldn't be possible without my brain, which is unseen. Me standing up here and you seeing me wouldn't be possible without my bones, which are unseen. So if you think that because you're unseen, you're not making a difference, in fact, you really are. In fact, none of, us, none of this will be possible without the work that you do in the unseen. None of this would be even happening right now. I know people turn up 5 a.m. Uh, to church to set up this, um, this beautiful place for us. It's once an auditorium, but now it's a church. Um, and it wouldn't be possible if people didn't do what they do in the unseen. To finish, um, I just want to tell you this. Uh, the best gift that you can have uh, isn't any ability that you have or God's given you. The best gift that you can have 
um, is availability. The best gift you can have is availability. Are you available for the Lord? Will you let the Lord use you today? Will you let the Lord use you when you're busy? Because you are needed, you are valuable, and you do make a difference to the body in Christ. For me, it's quite hard being, oh, let's not say it, let's not make it all about me. But, um, well, personally, um, be, I'm, I'm being a youth leader, and I love it. Being a youth leader is awesome. I've had so many youth leaders um, and, um, that have gone before me that I, I appreciate so much. Um, but sometimes it can be hard. Um, you know, leading an e-group, making sure that people are healthy, um, having a couple of jobs and studying, all this is so busy, but I wouldn't swap it out anything uh, for the world. I wouldn't, swap, I wouldn't make it any other way because I feel, I feel like when I'm busy and maybe sometimes I don't get to spend time with all the people in my world, I know that I'm using the gift that God's given me anyways. And every, anywhere I am, uh, wherever I go, I know that God's uh, going to use me. Um, so let me, let me leave you with this. Encourage you guys, man. There's a gift in your life. Um, use it because you are valuable. Even if it's not seen, you're making a difference. Awesome. All right, sweet. Uh, and next up, we have uh, the one and only Polly. So, why don't you stand up to your feet and give her a round of applause? Let's go. Oh, hello. Hi, everyone. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Polly. Hi. Um, I've, I, yeah, I've been part of Equippers for around about eight years now, um, and I love it. I absolutely love it. And I really love the series that we're doing now, which is God's House, Our House, or, yeah, Our House, God's House. Um, and I simply love it because if you're anything like me, and if you've grown up in church, and you're used to the whole Sunday routine of getting up, eating, going to church, going back home, eating, going to church, repeat. Like, you can get quite familiar with it. Um, and so that's why I really love this series because it's bringing so much back to what it truly matters. And for me, it's, it's, it's very timely and it's very important to, like, just really remember, oh, yeah, that's right. This, this is why we do what we do. Um, and I, I simply love it. So, um, yeah, this series has changed it all for me recently. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's been a really great time. Um, recently, well, not recently. So when you leave home, quite a lot of things change. Um, so I left home, and then not long after that, I got married. Whoop, whoop. Let's go marriage. Um, <laughs> but for those of you that don't live at home anymore, I don't know about you, but actually going back to your parents' house for like a lunch or whatever is the best thing ever. It's like going grocery shopping for free. It's like going in, just going to the fridge, grabbing whatever you want, you know, and your parents miss you. So they're like, yeah, just take it. Just go for it. Come back again. And you're like, yes, this is amazing. And I, um, I remember one time we went to my dad's house and um, I just walked into the kitchen and there was this like this brand new toaster. And I was like, oh my goodness, dad, like, what a nice toaster you have. And he was like, oh, yeah, like my coworker gave it to me. You do you want it? You can have it. It's like brand new. And I was like, sure, yeah, I'll take it. So just before he got married, we had like this brand new four slice toaster. And it was amazing. And I, <laughs> I know, I know. 
but I simply, <laughs> I simply love that every time I go back to my dad's house or my mom's house, there's just an endless supply and an endless resource. And for me, it's the same with God's house. I can come to God's house and there's this endless supply, right? If we come in to God's house, which is our house, if we need hope, it's here. It's, it's for you. God's like, here, have it. If you need peace, hey, it's all yours. You can take it. If you need community, if you need fellowship, this is the place to be. And I simply love that about God's house, that it's a place where um, there's an endless amount of resource. But what I love the most about it, it it's a, is that it's a place of community. It's a place where we do together, together. It's a, it's a place of unity. Um, and so, Right in the DNA of who we are as a church is community. Um, and I love this scripture, and it's Ecclesiastes verse, chapter 4, verse 9 to 12, and it says the following. It's better to have a partner than go it alone. Share the work, share, share the wealth. And if, one fails, if, and if one falls down, the other helps. But if there's no one to help, tough. Two in a bed warm each other alone, you shiver all night. By yourself, you're unprotected. With a friend, you can face the worst. Can you round up a third? A three-stranded rope isn't easily snapped. You see, our God is a God of community, right? He's a God that is three in one. And if he himself found it so important to be in community, why do we often think that we can be exempt from that? You know, it's, it can be so much easier to just stream church on a Sunday and just to do it in the comfort of your own home, but I love that when we get to come into God's house, when we get to come into our house, it's a place of unity and it's a place of community. So if you need hope tonight, you're right where you need to be. If you need peace tonight, you're exactly where you need to be because God has endless resources to you tonight. So if there's anything that you, that you can take from this, it's just that this is your house and this is a place where you can belong. This is a place where you can find um, just community. Um, so I'm just going to finish off really quickly just by praying. So if you can all just bow your heads and close your eyes. We thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you for the gift of the church, God. We thank you for the gift of your body, Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, for the awesome um, just privilege that we get to do life together with each other, but also with you, Lord. So we thank you for your presence and for all that you are doing. And we lift this up in your name. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Thank you. I'm going to introduce Josh now. Cool. Awesome. Thanks, guys. You can take a seat. Um, yeah, I'm super stoked. Uh, if you don't know me, I'm Josh. If you don't normally see me and you're like, who's this guy? It's because I'm normally with the kids, hanging out with the best team. Um, but I'm super stoked to be talking uh, to you guys tonight about um, our house, God's house. Um, I've grown up in church. I was literally born into it. I was left behind at church in the baby casket. Um, I've broken windows. Now the kids do that. Um, I've broken lights. Um, I've done all sorts. I've painted graffiti every, um, every Sunday for six months off the side of a church building. Like church has just been my life. And it's been, um, it's been so important to me. And so, yeah, I'm so glad that I get to talk uh, with you guys about it um, today. But there are three points uh, that I want to talk about today, which I feel um, have grown me as a person and have helped me just really grasp what church is. And the first one is love. 
Um, now, you might think, oh, that's kind of common sense. That's pretty normal. But I just want to look at a verse here in First Peter, uh, chapter 4, verse 8 to 9. It says, Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. And I, you look at the beginning of this verse, and it's like, yep, it's love. But what does love look like? Love looks like sharing your home. Love looks like offering a place to stay. And I think, you know, so often I get you know, into the motions of church. Oh, yeah, I come on a Sunday. But when was the last time I invited someone into my home? When was the last person, time I invited someone into this seat, into this place, so they can encounter the love that I found, so they can encounter the hope that I found? And so... You know, love is so uh, important. So we're going to take a look at the lens of the heartbeats at Equipus Church. We have Honor, Excel, Advance, Reach Out together. And to love is to reach out. It's one of our core beliefs uh, as a church. And it's not just the mandate of, of the pastor. They can't do it all. We're, you know, as we said before in uh, Matthew, the Great Commission, uh, you know, God says to go into all the world. And our pastor can't be in our world in every space and every environment. That's what you're here for. And you guys have a mandate to reach your world, whether that's school, whether that's university, your workplace, your family, your community. You guys have a mandate to reach your world. Now, my second uh, point today is to serve. You know, God gives us the opportunity to co-labor with Him in the greatest mission ever. You know, we get to extend the kingdom. We get to spread love. We get to care about people. And so often we take that for granted. And I love that, you know, Jesus' first miracle, we often say that it's the servants that see the miracles. You know, so often we can, so often think about ourselves and we're like, man, I've got to be in this space. I've got to see the cool lights, the flashy stuff. But when was the last time you took the spotlight off yourself and stopped thinking about yourself and actually like, man, how can I serve people? How can I serve this church? Because that's when you see the miraculous take place. And, you know, I just got countless examples of having seen that um, take place in my life. And one of them, um, the year after my internship, I went to Summer Revolution. I just felt God saying, Josh, I want you to give up your work, and I want you to volunteer for the church and just like give everything to that. And I was like, flip, like, what is that going to look like? Man, I need to save for a ring. I got to pay rent. I got to pay petrol. I got to pay for a wedding, all this other stuff that I was thinking about if my wife said yes, which thankfully she did. Um, but I had to just have this faith and trust in God that as I serve something greater than myself, that the rest of that was going to take place. And, um, you know, the world is just catching up on this. Mark Zuckerberg, if you know who he is, he's the founder of, uh, and CEO of Facebook. And he did a speech to all the Harvard graduates in 2017. And this is what they had to say about him. One might expect that he'd have talked about leadership, innovation, or risk-taking, perhaps even, t uh, sorry, perhaps even of the dangers of living life uh, as though it was a Facebook feed. But no, he focused on purpose, urging Harvard's bright young scholars to commit their lives to a purpose greater than themselves, greater than status, salary, and traditional measures of success. You know, the world is just catching up on this. And what if we, you know, took our eyes off those things, man, that's what success looks like. No, success looks like us seeing this church grow. Success looks like seeing our family come to know Christ. Success looks like our community and our workplace is being changed as a result of us being in them. And the Bible says the Son of Man came to serve and not to be served. You know, and just, uh, I think is a great analogy, but if we, we all know the All Blacks, and imagine if Ian Foster was the only guy to, take the field. He did the hucker on his own, and he played England, a team of 15. It just wouldn't happen, right? 
You know, one guy, one coach, though he has strategy and has all the knowledge in the world, he's not going to win a game on his own. It requires the whole team. And so I just want us to think like, man, as I said earlier, a pastor can't be in every space and every time, um, unless you're a chief supporter and Damien McKenzie wins in the 79th minute three weeks in a row. But we're a part of a body. <laughs> Is that too soon? All right. Any hurricane supporters? Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Find a better team. Um, <laughs> you, yeah, you, you can talk to me about that later. Anyway, the church is a body of Christ, and it requires each and every one of us to function. You know, it requires the first five to kick. It requires the prop to be in the scrum. It requires the coach to have the strategy. And so let's make sure that, you know, as a family, we, we do our part. You know, a family doesn't function without everyone doing their, their thing. My wife's been away for a whole week. And uh, I've had to do the dishes, walk the dog, cook myself a meal. Uh, and you know, it's been a mission. The car broke down the other day. I was like, flip, I've got to sort that out on my own. But you realize how important family is when it's not there. And so I encourage you to make sure that you prioritize God's house. Um, yeah, and just a great, a great saying is, don't ask what the church can do for you, but what you can do for the church. You know, so often we're like, the church isn't doing this. What are you doing? Like, why don't you, why don't you do something to extend the kingdom of God? Why don't you do something to change this environment? The third point is worship. You know, so often we neglect coming together. In Hebrews 10, verse 24 to 25, it says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meetings together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. You know, our final heartbeat is doing things together. And, you know, we've got to embody that. We've got to, as we've talked about, community. Man, you can't do life apart from community. Community is so important. And, you know, if we want to see this world change, it's not going to happen with just one of us doing something. It's going to happen by a body and a church being mobilized. You know, it's each and every one of us doing our part. And, um, yeah, I just, you know, so often... I mean, I've grown up in church, and I think I can count on my two hands the amount of times I've missed a Sunday, and it's because I've been in hospital or, um, or a wedding or a holiday or something like that. But, man, it hurts my heart when people are like, oh, yeah, I come to church once a month. And I'm like, yeah, that's 12 times a year. So out of the 52 weeks, you're saying, God, I don't need you. Man, God, I, those Sundays, I'm all good. It's like, man, why don't we prioritize coming together? Community is when you find love. Community is when you find hope. You know, those moments where we're going through something is when we need community the most, and so often we pull away. And yeah, we talked about how God literally embodies community. He's the Trinity. He's three in one. And so I encourage you that, you know, this next six months, what would it look like if you were to embody love, if you were to invite someone into this space? I bet that your faith would grow. You would come in with an expectancy. You'd be like, oh, this isn't perfect. This isn't perfect. Because you're expecting and you want this person to encounter God. You don't want anything to get in the way. What would it look like if you served? You know, whatever that looks like, whether that's kids, youth, lighting, sound, hosting. You know, everyone plays a part. Everyone makes a difference. And how would your life look like if you took the, the focus of yourself and onto someone else? And just a story, uh, when I was in Bible college, I was a drummer back then. I'm pretty shocking now, but um, I got um, asked to play with a band called LZ7, and I was a bit of a fanboy then because I'd 
watched them for years before that and knew all their lyrics um, and thought I was cool because I did. Um, but I you know, practiced all the songs. I knew what was going to happen. And then I got, a, I got a message two weeks before tour and it was, we're not using a drummer. We're just going to use track. And my whole attitude changed. And I was like, man, I don't want to be a part of Revolution Tour. This sucks and everything. And I was, that was literally my response. And then it was a prayer meeting that Pastor Leon was leading. And he just said, man, we're going to pray that kids find hope and find love and find purpose. And then God just slapped me in the face, like literally. And I was like, Josh, you're thinking about yourself. You're putting yourself before, you know, someone's life and you know, someone encountering hope all because you want to play the drums of the band, you know. And, you know, from that moment, my whole perspective shift. And, you know, I it took a moment of just humbling myself. I'm like, Josh, you're not that good. No one cares whether you're the drummer or not. You know, and, you know, it meant that I was just putting up some volume buttons. But that changed some kid's life, you know. And it took me humbling myself and going, you oh, God, I'll serve something bigger than myself. I'll serve your purpose. And so, you know, that's when, when God moves, when we take a step back and we're like, no, nah, God, just just flow through me. And so I encourage you in this next, you know, the rest of 2021, what would your life look like if you did that with your embodied love, if you served the people in your world and a purpose greater than yourself and you embraced community? You know, what would your life look like? What would this room look like if we embraced community? And so, yeah, if I, I'm just going to quickly pray. Ah, oh, that'd be awesome. Just close your eyes. God, we just thank you for this space. God, we thank you for every person here and every workplace, Lord, every hub, God, every community, every family that is represented. And I just pray that as we, Lord, take it upon ourselves to embody love, to embody community, to embody, uh, Lord, what it means to serve. God, I thank you that our worlds are going to be transformed. God, as we put your kingdom first, God, as we make ourselves a part of the body and seeing the body, our Lord, extended, God, I thank you that we're going to see salvation like we've never seen it before. God, I thank you that we're going to see miracles take place like we've never seen it before. God, I thank you we're going to see full rooms like we've never seen before. And so, God, we give you all the glory. God, we give you all the honor. Lord, we give ourselves as a vessel to you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.